Everybody, welcome to my second podcast. I am Shonda, the Overthinker. I want to start my podcast off with the affirmation that I have been saying lately every day, and that affirmation is I am the prize. I do not chase, I attract. What is for me will simply find me. And um, I had to re-remind myself of that here lately because, you know, God is always uh, testing me. Even in things and lessons that I have learned, he sometimes tests me to see if I really learned the lesson that, you know, he sent to teach me. You know, and everybody is not, nobody is exempt. When you think you master life, there's always a new challenge and test to come along to um, check that. Um, so my podcast today is geared for the ladies, the women. Um, and this podcast is a queen busying ourselves with our queendom until our kings arrive. Um a lot of times, um, or sometimes, women fall into a pitfall of feeling like they have to wait on the man to come and put them on the next level of life. And, you know, that's not the case, you know, because in all actuality and reality, ladies, um, a man who is really worth something and worthy to be called king and husband He's not looking for a slacker either. You know, that hustle got a match. It may be in different areas. He may be the breadwinner, but your hustle has to align with his for it to to match. You know, so uh, a man who is um, worth something and has sustenance, um, he is not looking for a slacker either. So I came up with these five um, things that um, we could be doing uh, while while our um, king is looking for us. Because like I quoted today, um, a man who finds a wife, he finds a good thing. And in that statement is saying, that's the biblical verse saying that we are not the ones that should be out searching and looking, you know, and we 
mess up in this area too, ladies, because it comes from a place of loneliness and you want companionship, you know, and then you find yourself out there just looking. But um, he, the man, the man is supposed to be the hunter. He's supposed to find you and know, know you. And you're supposed to know him when he finds you. So I want to do these five um, things. Of course, there could be more, but these are the five that I found as the most important for me um, as I ready myself for my husband or my king. Because I swear to God, I ain't getting married again. This is it. This is going to be a for lifer for here. Um the first one, and I'm going to go from, all of them are important, very important, but I'm going to go from five to one. One being the most important that you have to have for everything else to align. But everything else, this is the glue for everything else. So number five is doing the necessary work. To heal you. That's your responsibility. That's nobody else's responsibility to come in and heal your brokenness or heal where you've been hurt. Yeah, other people have hurt us, but it is our responsibility to, to do the work and heal us. No one deserves the broken you. And you do not deserve the broken version of someone else. Believe it or not. You attract what you are. There's a part of you that resonates with someone else. So if it's something in you that is broken, even if you're unaware of it, that is going to resonate with somebody else that you connect with that is broken in some way. I'll give you an example for myself. I am an empath. That's not our badge of honor for me. That's not something like I say that to gloat because a true empath suffers a lot. <clears throat> a true empath takes on the feelings and the emotions of the people that he or she are deeply connected to. So we don't only feel our own emotions. We feel the emotions of other people, too. So that's why, like, you have to, as an empath, you have to really guard yourself on who you connect to because of these things. And um, what I found in my 41 years of living is that the empath puts themselves at a great risk of being preyed upon, upon predators or users because they see that vulnerable characteristic within you as a weakness. That's what resonates. They see that characteristic within you and they seek to extort that from you. Why everything you are doing from your heart is genuine and out of love and out of intent to see that person out of the situation that they're in or make it better. They have no good for you. They come Absorb you of your light and they leave. They leave you drained and deplenished. So that's why I was saying like a part of you resonates with the people that you connect to. Whether you realize it or you don't realize it, it does. So you have to do the work 
in healing you. I entered into counseling by default. I was one of those people, you know, like, how is, how is a stranger going to help me? How is me talking to somebody that don't know me helps me? And at this time, my daughter was uh, really, really suffering. Um, and this is a topic for a different day and time. Um, and I entered into counseling by way of her. But counseling changed my life at that time. Counseling changed the direction my life was going at that time. Being in a room with someone who is non-judgmental, you can say whatever you want to say to that person and how you feel about whatever's going on in your life or you went through with trauma. And you don't have to ever worry about it coming back around to you. Just felt all the way right with me. I had a safe place. I had a safe person. And counseling really allow me to vent all of the pain, all of the trauma, the betrayal that was done to me. I was able to um, expel that from my body. And that was the beginning of my healing phase. So it's very important, you know, for anyone, male or female, but this, this podcast is for the women to do the necessary work to heal yourself, whether it's childhood trauma, whether it stemmed from a parent being there or not there or being toxic, whether it stems from a relationship, all of these things manifest in our adult life. All of these things come out in our relationships and interactions with people. When you think that it doesn't, it, it does. It does. Everything. You think about a person uh, who has been molested. You know, I have talked to several women today who were molested as young girls. And they tell me the story of how they became super promiscuous. And your psyche is like, well, how was that? It's because somewhere in your mind, it flipped to where you equated sex with love. And at the root of that, you just wanted to feel genuinely loved. But this is the only way that you knew how or was taught how to express love. You know, it's sad. You know, a lot of them become addicted to drugs because they don't want to feel the pain or they become very, very sexually promiscuous. Um, and it's sad. It is really sad. So doing the work is number five. Number four, um, as we wait in our kingdom for our kings, is you want to establish healthy habits of self-care and hobbies that will remain with you even when you 
are in a relationship when the king has found you. And that is a way for you to maintain your identity. Because once you become intertwined with a partner, you lose a bit of your identity. A lot of things you do as one, you, for, you tend to forget about yourself, but you need to be selfish in some areas, you know, and say, okay, this is what I'm going to maintain. Um, also, you know, how people see how you treat yourself is how they will treat you. My thing, my self-care is my eyelashes, my waxes, my pedicures. Those are the things that are no goals for me. I, those are my self-care um, items, you know, that I do for myself, no matter what, because they help me feel good about myself, you know, and it just helps. So, or any hobbies, because you want to maintain your identity as an individual as well, you know, even though part of you will be meshed into a marriage or a relationship or a partnership, you know, you want to maintain your identity. Worst thing that I ever done was lose my complete.